Section 18 of The Natural History, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jack Ball. The Natural History, Volume 7. The Natural History, Volume 7, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 18, Book 34, Chapter 19. Chapter 19. An account of the most celebrated works in brass and of the artists, 366 in number. An almost innumerable multitude of artists have been rendered famous by their statues and figures of smaller size. Before all others is Phidias, the Athenian, who executed the Jupiter at Olympia in ivory and gold, but who also made the figures in brass as well. He flourished in the 83rd Olympia, about the year of our city 300. To the same age belong also his rivals Alamines, Critias, Nesiotes, and Hagias. Afterwards, in the 87th Olympiad, there were Agilades, Calon, and Gorgias the Laconian. In the 19th Olympiad, there were Polyetus, Phradmon, Myron, Pythagoras, Scopas, and Perellus. Of these, Polyetas had for pupils Argius, Aspodorus, Alexis, Aristides, Phrynon, Dinon, Athenodorus, Demaeus, the Clitorian. Laeus, too, was the pupil of Myron. In the 95th Olympiad flourished Nausides, Dinomenes, Canaeus, and Petrolius. In the 102nd Olympiad, there were Polyelis, Sophistodotus, Leoeharis, and Hypatodorus. In the 104th Olympiad flourished Praxiteles and Euphrano. In the 107th, Aetion and Therimaeus. In the 113th, Lysippus, who was the contemporary of Alexander the Great, his brother Lysistratus, Sithenes, Euphron, Eucles, Sostratus, Ion, and Silanion who was remarkable for having acquired celebrity without any instructor. Xerxes was his pupil. In the 121st Olympiad were Eutychides, Euthycrates, Laipus, Sephistodotus, Timarchus, Pyromachus. The practice of this art then ceased for some time, but revived in the 156th Olympiad, when there were some artists who, though far inferior to those already mentioned, were still highly esteemed. Antaeus, Callistratus, Polyelis, Athenaeus, Calixenus, Pythocles, Pythias, and Timocles. The age of the most celebrated artists thus being distinguished, I shall cursorily review the more eminent of them, the greater part being mentioned in a desultory manner. The most celebrated of these artists, though born at different epochs, have joined in a trial of skill in the Amazons, which they have respectively made. When these statues were dedicated in the Temple of Diana at Ephesus, it was agreed, in order to ascertain which was the best, that it should be left to the judgment of the artists themselves who were then present, upon which it was evident that the best, which all the artists agreed in considering as the next best to his own. Accordingly, the first rank was assigned to Polycletus, the second to Phidias, the third to Crassilas, the fourth to Sidon, and the fifth to Phradmon. Phidias, besides the Olympian Jupiter, 
which no one had ever equalled, also executed in ivory the erect statue of Minerva, which is in the Parthenon at Athens. He also made in brass, beside the Amazon above mentioned, a Minerva of such exquisite beauty that it received its name from its fine proportions. He also made the Cliducus, and another Minerva, which Paolo Aemilus dedicated at Rome in the Temple of Fortune of the Passing Day. Also the two statues, draped in pallium, which Catullus erected in the same temple, and a nude colossal statue. Phidias is deservedly considered to have discovered and developed the Toriutic art. Polycletus of Sicon, the pupil of Agilades, executed the Diadumenus, the statue of an effeminate youth, and remarkable for having cost 100 talents, as also the statue of a youth full of manly vigour, and called the Doriforos. He also made what the artists have called the model statue, and from which, as a sort of standard, they study the lineaments, so that he, of all men, is thought in one work of art to have exhausted all the resources of art. He also made statues of a man using the body scraper, and two of a naked man challenging to play at dice, as also of two naked boys playing at dice, known as the Astra Galizontis. They are now in the atrium of the Emperor Titus. That there can be no work more perfect than this. He also executed a Mercury, which was formerly at Lysimachia, a Hercules agitator, seizing his arms, which is now at Rome, and an Artemon, which has received the name of Periphoritus. Polycletus is generally considered as having attained the highest excellence in statuary and as having perfected the Toriutic art, which Phidias invented. A discovery which was entirely his own was the art of placing statues on one leg. It is remarked, however, by Varro, that his statues are all square-built and made very much after the same model. Myron of Elcutherii, who was also the pupil of Agilades, was rendered more particularly famous by his statue of a heifer, celebrated in their well-known lines, so true is it, that most men owe their renown to the genius of others than to their own. He also made the figure of a dog, a Discobolus, Perseus, the Pristae, a satyr admiring a flute, and a Minerva, the Delphic Pentathletes, the Pancrataistae, and a Hercules, which is at the Circus Maximus in the house of Pompeius Magnus. Erina, in her poems, makes allusion to a monument which he erected to a cricket and a locust. He also executed the Apollo, which, after being taken from the Ephesians by Triumvir Antonius, was restored by the Emperor Augustus, he having been admonished to do so in a dream. Myron appears to have been the first to give a varied development to the art, having made a greater number of designs than Polycletus, and shewn more attention to the symmetry. And yet, though he was very accurate in the proportions of his figures, he has neglected to give expression, besides which he has not treated the hair and the pubes with any greater attention than is observed in the rude figures of more ancient times. Pythagoras of Regium in Italy excelled him in the figure of the Paneratiast, which is now at Delphi, and in which he also surpassed Leontiscus. Pythagoras also executed the statue of Astylos the runner, which is exhibited at Olympia, that of a Libyan boy holding a tablet, also in the same place, and a nude male figure holding fruit. There is at Syracuse a figure of a lame man by him, Persons, when looking at it, seem to feel the very pain of his wound. He also made an Apollo with the serpent, pierced by his arrows, and a player on the lyre, known as the Disaeus. 
from the fact that when Thebes was taken by Alexander the Great, a fugitive successfully concealed in its bosom a sum of gold. He was the first artist who gave expression to the sinews and the veins and paid more attention to the hair. There was also another Pythagoras, a Samian, who was originally a painter, seven of whose nude figures in the temple fortune of the passing day, and one of an aged man are very much admired. He is said to have resembled the last-mentioned artist so much in his features that they could not be distinguished. Sostratus, it is said, was the pupil of Pythagoras of Regium and his sister's son. According to Durius, Lysippius the Sicyonian was not the pupil of anyone, but was originally a worker in brass, and was first prompted to venture upon statuary by an answer that was given by Eupompus the painter, who, upon being asked which of his predecessors he proposed to take for his model, pointed to a crowd of men and replied that it was nature herself, and no artist that he proposed to imitate. As already mentioned, Lysippius was most prolific in his works, and made more statues than any other artist. Among these is the man using the body scraper, which Marcus Agrippa had erected in front of his own warm baths, and which wonderfully pleased the Emperor Tiberius. This prince, although in the beginning of his reign, he imposed some restraint upon himself, and could not resist the temptation, and had this statue removed to his bedchamber, having substituted another for it at the baths. The people, however, were so resolutely opposed to this, that at the theatre they clamorously demanded the Apoxiomenos to be replaced, and the prince, notwithstanding his attachment to it, was obliged to restore it. Lysippius is also celebrated for his statue of the intoxicated female flute player, his dogs and huntsmen, and more particularly for his chariot with the sun, as represented by the Rhodians. He also executed a numerous series of statues of Alexander the Great, commencing from his childhood. The Emperor Nero was so delighted with his statue of the infant Alexander that he had it gilt. This addition, however, to its value, so detracted from its artistic beauty that the gold was removed, and in this statue it was looked upon as still more precious, though disfigured by the scratches and seams which remained upon it, and in which the gold was still to be seen. He also made the statue of Hephaestion, the friend of Alexander the Great, which some persons attribute to Polyetus, whereas that artist lived nearly a century before his time. Also, the statue of Alexander at the Chase, now consecrated at Delphi, the figure of a satyr, now at Athens, and the squadron of Alexander, all of whom he represented with the greatest accuracy. This last work of art, after his conquest of Macedonia, Metellus conveyed to Rome. Lysippius also executed chariots of various kinds. He is considered to have contributed very greatly to the art of statuary by expressing the details of the hair, by making the head smaller than had been done by the ancient, and the body more graceful and less bulky, a method by which his statues were made to appear taller. The Latin language has no appropriate name for that symmetry, which he so attentively observed in his new and hitherto untried method of modifying the squareness observable in the ancient statues. Indeed, it was a common saying of his that other artists made men as they actually were, while he made them as they appeared to be. One peculiar characteristic of his work is the finish and the minuteness, which are observed in even the smallest details. Lysippius left three sons, who were also his pupils, and became celebrated as artists 
Laipus, Boedas, and more particularly, Euthrocrates. Although this last-named artist rivaled his father in precision rather than in elegance, and preferred the scrupulous correctness to gracefulness, nothing can be more expressive than his Hercules at Delphi, his Alexander, his Hunter at Thespiae, and his equestrian combat. Equally good, too, are his statue of Thorophonius, erected in the oracular cave of that divinity, his numerous chariots, his horse with the panniers, and his hounds. Tisicrates, also a native of Sion, was a pupil of Euthrocrates, but more nearly approaching the style of Lysippus. So much so that several of his statues can be scarcely distinguished from those of Lysippus. His aged Theban, for example, his king Demetrius, and his Peusestes, who saved the life of Alexander the Great, and so rendered himself deserving of this honour. Artists who have transmitted these details in their works bestow wonderful encomiums upon Telephanes, the Phoetian, a statuary but little known, they say, because he lived in Thessaly, where his works remained concealed, according to their account. However, he is quite equal to Polytus, Myron, and Pythagoras. They more particularly command his Larissa, his Spintharus, the Pentathlete, and his Apollo. Others, however, assign another reason for his being so little known. It being going, they think, to his having devoted himself to the studios established by King Xerxes and Darius. Praxiteles, who excelled more particularly in marble and thence acquired his chief celebrity, also executed some very beautiful works in brass. The Rape of Proserpine, the Catagusta, a father liber, a figure of drunkenness, and the celebrated satyr, to the Greeks known as Periboetus. He also executed the statues, which were formerly before the Temple of Good Fortune, and the Venus, which was destroyed by fire, with the Temple of that goodness in the reign of Claudius, and it was considered equal to his marble statue of Venus, so celebrated throughout the world. He also executed Stephanusa and Oenoephorus, and the two figures of Harmodius and Aristogiton, who slew the tyrants, which, having been taken away from Greece by Xerxes, were restored to the Athenians on the conquest of Persia by Alexander the Great. He also made the youthful Apollo, known as the Sauroitonus, because he is aiming an arrow at a lizard which is stealing towards him. They are greatly admired also, two statues of his, expressive of contrary emotions, a matron in tears, and a courtesan full of gaiety. This last is supposed to be a likeness of Phyrene, and it is said that we can detect in her figure the love of the artist, and in the countenance of the courtesan, the promised reward. His kindness of heart, too, is witnessed by another figure, for in a chariot and horses which had been executed by Calamis, he himself made the charioteer, in order that the artist, who excelled in the representation of horses, might not be considered deficient in the human figure. This last-mentioned artist has executed other chariots, too, some with four horses, and some with two. And in his horses he is always unrivaled. But it may be not supposed that he was so greatly inferior in his human figures. It is as well to remark that his Alamina is equal to any that was ever produced. Aleaminus, who was a pupil of Phidias, worked in marble and executed a pentathlete in brass, known as the Encrinomenus. Aristides, too, who was the scholar of Polyetus, executed chariots in metal with four and two horses. The Liaenia of Amphicrates is highly commended. The courtesan Leaena, who was a skilful performer on the lyre, 
and had become so acquainted with the Harmodius and Aristogiton, submitted to be tortured till she expired, rather than betray their plot for the extermination of the tyrants. The Athenians, being desirous of honouring her memory, without at the same time rendering homage to a courtesan, had her represented under the figure of the animal whose name she bore, and in order to indicate the cause of the honour thus paid her, ordered the artist to represent the animal without a tongue. Briaxes executed in brass statues of Iasculapius and Seleucus, Boeidas, a figure in adoration, Baton, an Apollo and a Juno, which are in the Temple of Concord at Rome. Steli Laos executed a statue of a man fainting from his wounds, in the expression of which may be seen how little life remains, as also the Olympian Pericles, well worthy of its title. Indeed, it is one of the marvellous adjuncts of this art that it renders men who are already celebrated even more so. Cephisodotus is the artist of an admirable Minerva, now erected in the port of Athens, as also of the altar before the temple of Jupiter Servato, at the same place to which indeed few works are comparable. Caneus executed a nude Apollo, which is known as the Felicia. It is at Didymi, and is composed of a bronze that was fused at Aegina. He also made a stag with it, so nicely poised on its hooves, as to omit of a thread being passed beneath. One forefoot too, and the alternate hindfoot, are so as made firmly to grip the base of the socket being so indented on either side, as to admit of the figure being thrown at pleasure upon alternate feet. Another work of his was the boys, known as the Seletizontes. Caerias made statues of Alexander the Great and of his father Philip. Desilaus made a Dophorus and a wounded Amazon. A Demetrius, a statue of the Lysimachi, who was priestess of the Minerva, 64 years. This statuary also made the Minerva, which has the name of Musaea, and so called because the dragons on its gorgon's head vibrate at the sound of the lyre. Also an equestrian statue of Simon, the first writer on the art of equitation. Deidalus, who is highly esteemed as a modeler in clay, made two brazen figures of youths using the body scraper. And Dinomenes executed figures of Protesilaus and Pythodemos the rest. The statue of Alexander Paris is the work of Euphrano, it is much admired because we recognise in it, at the same moment, all these characteristics. We see him as the umpire between the goddesses, the paramour of Helen, and yet the slayer of Achilles. We have a Minerva too, by Euphrano at Rome, known as the Catunina, and dedicated below the capital by Q. Lutatius. Also a figure of good success, holding in the right hand a patera, and in the left an ear of corn and a poppy. There is also a Latona by him, in the Temple of Concord, with the newborn infants Apollo and Diana in her arms. He also executed some brazen chariots with four and two horses, and a Cliducus of beautiful proportions, as two colossal statues, one representing virtue, the other Greece, and a figure of a female lost in wonder and adoration, with statues of Alexander and Philip in chariots with four horses. Eutychides executed an emblematic figure of Eurotas, of which it has been frequently remarked that the work of the artist appears more flowing than the waters even of the river. Hegias is celebrated for his Minerva and his king Pyrrhus, his youthful Silitizontes and his statues of Castor and Pollux before the temple of Jupiter Tonans. Hegesias for his Hercules, which is at our colony of Parium. Of Isidotus we have the Boothites. Lysias was the pupil of Myron. He made a figure representing a boy blowing a nearly extinguished fire, well worthy of his master, as also figures of the Argonauts, 
Leocaris made a bronze representing the eagle carrying off Ganymede. The eagle has all the appearance of being sensible of the importance of his burden and for whom he is carrying it, being careful not to injure the youth with his talons, even through the garments. He executed a figure also of Autolysis, who had been victorious in the contests of the Paneratium, and for whom Xenophon wrote his symposium. The figure also of Jupiter Tonans in the capital, the most admired of all his works, and a statue of Apollo crowned with a diadem. He executed also a figure of Lysisius, and of the boy Lagon, full of the archness and low-bred cunning of the slave. Lysias also made a figure of the boy burning perfumes. We have a young bull by Menaikmus, pressed down beneath the man's knee, with its neck bent back. This Menaikmus has also written a treatise on his art. Nausides is admired for a mercury, a discobolus, and a man sacrificing a ram. Nauserus made a figure of a wrestler panting for breath. Niceratus, an Aesculapius, and Hygieia, which are in the Temple of Concord at Rome. Pyromachus represented Alcibiades, managing a chariot with four horses. Polycles made a splendid statue of Hermaphroditus. Pyrrhus, statues of Hygieia and Minerva. And Phanes, who was a pupil of Lysippus and Epithyusa. Stipax of Cyprus acquired his celebrity by a single work, the statue of the Splancoptes, which represents a slave of the Olympian Pericles, roasting entrails and kindling the fire with his breath. Silanion made a statue in metal made a statue in metal of Apollodorus, who was himself a modeler, and not only the most diligent of all in the study of this art, but a most severe criticizer of his own works, frequently breaking his statues to pieces when he had finished them, and never able to satisfy his intense passion for the art, a circumstance which procured him the name of the madman. Indeed, it is this expression which he has given to his works, which represent in metal embodied anger rather than the lineaments of a human being. The Achilles also of Silanion is very excellent, and his epistates exercising the athletes. Strongylion made a figure of an Amazon, which from the beauty of the legs was known as the Eugnemos, and which Nero used to have carried about him in his travels. Strongylion was the artist, also of a youthful figure, which was so admired by Brutus of Philippi that it received from him its surname. Theodorus of Samos, who constructed the labyrinth, cast his own statue in brass, which was greatly admired, not only for its resemblance, but for the extreme delicacy of the work. In the right hand he holds a file, and with three fingers of the left, a little model of a four-horse chariot, which has since been transferred to Praenesti. It is so extremely minute that the whole piece, both chariot and charioteer, may be covered by the wings of a fly, which he also made with it. Xenocrates was the pupil of Tikrates, or as some say, of Euthycrates. He surpassed them both, however, in the number of his statues, and was the author of some treatises on his art. Several artists have represented the battles fought by Attalus and Eumenes with the Gali. Isogonus, for example, Pyromachus, Stratonicus, and Antigonus, who also wrote some works in reference to his art. Boethus, although most celebrated for his works in silver, has executed a beautiful figure of a child strangling a goose. The most celebrated of all of the works of which I have here spoken have been dedicated for some time past by the Emperor Vespasianus in the Temple of Peace, 
and the other public buildings of his. They had before been forcibly carried off by Nero and brought to Rome, and arranged by him in the reception rooms of his golden palace. In addition to these, there are several other artists of about equal celebrity, but none of whom have produced any first-rate works. Ariston, who was principally employed in chasing silver, Calides, Stesias, Cantharus, Cantharus of Sion, Diodorus, a pupil of Critias, Deliades, Euphorion, Eunissus, and Hecataeus, all of them chases in silver, Lesbocles, also, Prodorus, Pythodocus, and Polygnotus. Of the most celebrated painters, also two of the other chases in silver, Stratonicus and Simonus, a pupil of Critias. I shall now enumerate those artists who have executed works of the same class. Apollodorus, for example, Antrobolus, Asclepiodorus, and Eliuas, who have executed statues of philosophers. Apelas has left us some figures of females in the act of adoration, Antignotus, Perixiomenos, and figures of the Tyrannicides, already mentioned. Antimachus and Athenodorus made some statues of females of noble birth. Aristodemus executed figures of wrestlers, two horse chariots with the charioteers, philosophers, aged women, and a statue of King Seleucus. His Doriforus too possesses his characteristic gracefulness. There were two artists of the name Sophistodotus. The earlier of them made a figure of Mercury nursing Father Liber. When an infant also of a man haranguing, with the hand elevated, the original of which is now unknown. The younger Sophistodotus executed statues of philosophers. Colotes, who assisted Phidias in the Olympian Jupiter, also executed statues of philosophers, the same two with Cleon, Senkramis, Callicles, and Sepis. Calcosthenes made statues of comedians and athletes. Diopus executed Perioctomenus, Diophron, Democritus, and Diamon made statues of philosophers. Epigonus, who had attempted nearly all the above-named classes of works, has distinguished himself more particularly by his trumpeter and his child in tears, caressing its murdered mother. The woman in adoration of Eubulus is highly praised, and so is the man by Eubulides. Reckoning on his fingers, Mycon is admired for his athletes, Menogenes for his four horse chariots, Niceratus too, who attempted every kind of work that had been executed by any other artist, made statues of Eliabiades and of his mother Demerati, who is represented sacrificing by the light of torches. Tisicrates executed a two-horse chariot in brass, in which Piston afterwards placed the figure of a female. Piston also made the statues of Mars and Mercury, which are in the Temple of Concord at Rome. No one can command Perillus, more cruel even than the tyrant Phalaris himself. He made for him a brazen bull, asserting that when a man was enclosed in it, and fire applied beneath, the cries of the man would resemble the roaring of a bull. However, with a cruelty in this instance marked by justice, the experiment of this torture was first tried upon himself. To such a degree did this man degrade the art of representing gods and men, an art more adapted than any other to refine the feelings. Surely so many persons had not toiled to perfect it in order to make it an instrument of torture. Hence, it is that the works of Perilus are only preserved in order that whoever sees them may detest the hands that made them. Sthenis made the statues of Ceres, Jupiter, and Minerva, 
which are now in the Temple of Concord. Also figures of matrons weeping, adoring, and offering sacrifice. Simon executed figures of a dog and an archer. Stratonicus, the chaser in silver, made some figures of philosophers. So did both of the artists named Scopas. The following artists have made statues of athletes, armed men, hunters, and sacrificers. Baton, Eukia, Glaucides, Heliodorus, Hicanus, Leophon, Lyson, Leon, Menodorus, Meagrus, Polycrates, Polyidus, Pythoeritus, Protogenes, a famous painter whom we shall have occasion to mention hereafter, Patrocles, Paulus, Posidonius, the Ephesian, who was also a celebrated chaser in silver, Periclimenus, Philon, Simenus, Timotheus, Theomenstus, Timachides, Timon, Tisias, and Thrason. But of all these, Callimachus is the most remarkable on account of his surname. Being always dissatisfied with himself and continually correcting his works, he obtained the name of Catatexitechnos, thus affording a memorable example of the necessity of observing moderation even in carefulness. His Laconian female dancers, for instance, is a most correct performance, but one in which, by extreme correctness, he has effaced all gracefulness. It has been said, too, that Callimachus was a painter also. Cato, in his expedition against Cyprus, sold all the statues he found there, with the exception of one of Zeno, in which case he was influenced neither by the value of the metal nor by its excellence as a work of art, but by the fact that it was a statue of a philosopher. I only mention this circumstance casually, that an example so little followed may be known. While speaking of statues, there is one other that should not be omitted, although its author is unknown, that of Hercules, cloth in a tunic, the only one represented in that costume in Rome. It stands near the rostra, and the countenance is stern and expressive of his last agonies caused by that dress. There are three inscriptions on it, the first of which states that it had formed part of the spoil obtained by El Luiulus, the general the second, that his son, while still a minor, dedicated in accordance with a decree of the Senate. The third, that T. Septimus Sabinus, the Irul Aedile, had it restored to the public from the hands of a private individual. So vast has been the rivalry caused by this statue, and so high the value set upon it. End of section 18. Recording by Jack Ball.